fighting easier outside the cage as long as you know you're careful. I mean, mm-hmm. Nate Diaz uh, got into a scuffle at a little thing called Fight to Lose, or <laughs> no, Fight to. I'll look up the notes. Nate Diaz. Surprising to me to see him getting in fights with casual fans, though that is what makes Nate Diaz Nate Diaz. I don't recommend it because it's like one swing away from you know needing uh, surgery on your knuckle. Speaking from opinions, maybe he's just tougher. I am your host, Kevin. With me, of course, Raf Esparza. Raf, would you try and pick a fight with a Diaz brother? No, and why? Why? Listen, I thought the Diaz brothers had a lot of good stuff going on with them in fact i thought i told you we were supposed to open the show with the diaz brother because there is wonderful information that happened okay um suggestive in a passive aggressive way i'll take it forward to the Mm. serve here to comment Fresh from the seats of Fight to Win, where you, I guess, had some smack me. I don't know. Let's get his side of the story. Nate Diaz from the 209. Nate, what happened? Why are you fighting fans? Hey, what's up, dog? Um, you know, it's funny. Um, so, like, I'm a daddy now. I don't know if you read oh that. Oh, my down God. I did see that. Yeah, that was the other Nate Diaz story. Ooh, fun week. Well, you know, that's the hard part is people think you, like, get soft when you're like a dad and shit and it's like dog i'm still fucking as hard as possible i just watch a lot more sesame street now so that's what i'm doing a lot more you were already obviously getting a good a good amount in well um you know i'm gonna decline to comment that dog i plead the fifth cool definitely how that works (laughs) in in the uh sesame street range not enough weed before you went to the event. Too much of a sativa. What's you fight professionally? Can we give you advice here from Verbal Tap not to get in fights with uh, just casual fans? Yeah, but like, here's the thing: like, if you know how like Tinkerbell, like, if you don't believe in her, she like disappears. Like that shit's like for me. Except if I don't get into fights with fans, you know. I don't. I do not a thousand percent understand that metaphor, though. I do think it's a good one to hashtag just as your side of the argument. Are is this going to get in the way of UFC? Are you going to did you Conor McGregor this? Is someone going to sue you for a face fracture? Or are we OK? Um, you know, I think I'm fine because um, the hard don't know from, <laughs> from the champ, Nate Diaz. Don't. Hey, listen, dog, I'm trying to fucking explain my my truth um nah like that like seth guy um he was like yo this is so cool and i was like oh god okay whatever you know i'm tired of like making appearances where i gotta get in fights dog like i just want to go to an event one day you know like do you ever just want to go to the mall and not punch somebody that's what i want yeah I mean, yeah, and frankly, my last three mall trips, two misdemeanors, so I hear you. Well, Nate, we appreciate, as always, getting the exclusive on what happened. How's uh, how's parenting? Um, you know, I got, like, a baby and shit, so sometimes I just, like, go over and, like, you know, the best part about having a baby on weed is sometimes you're like, oh, shit, I forgot I got a fucking baby. Parenting advice from the 209 sagest of new fathers and potentially wanted the local fight to win security booth yo yo hold on real quick shut up baby i don't got time for you right now daddy's on the fucking thing okay i'm supposed to say shut up baby Nah, nah it's the way we work you know it's like twinkle twinkle little motherfucker how you smoke so much weed? I don't know. Uh, we're going to edit that last part out just in case. the We've never had social services listening to this podcast before. We're obviously a little bit maybe below their interest. But this one <laughs> could make it. This uh, I just can't, can't reiterate again. We are a late night comedy sketch for those listening. So <laughs> not as in the Diaz. Just Ladies in case you're confused, dog, that this is, you know. This is way too real. Just chill the fuck out. It's obviously something deep. Uh, Yeah. 
Too Yo, okay. I'm gonna get out of here before I get fucking arrested for like either starting a fire or forgetting I got a fucking baby. Verbal tech. Smoke weed. Legal is back. Verbal tech fans. The one, the only. Nate Diaz. Raph, I have mm. to feel that this is. Uh, I would never. I would always like love to see Roger Sherman like. Uh, no, hold on. Let's use a good <laughs> hockey. Oh, Vetchkin really getting on the ice and like yeah. roughing someone up in the off season. That that would shock me. So I love that Nate Diaz was like, <laughs> "Screw it, I'm in." I just uh, okay. This is a weird scenario to me in that we continue to celebrate when this man gets into a fight, and at a certain point, even though we love the Diaz brothers, they come on the show regularly. Uh, do we just ask ourselves, well, how do they keep getting into fights again? And how are we still celebrating this? And why are we celebrating it? You know, uh, at a certain point, uh, I know it's part of their mythos that they they do this sort of a thing. But, Kev, um, collectively on the show, we have started 0 to 0. 0.5 fights whenever we've gone to cover things. Sometimes we'll even de-escalate them. So I think yeah. that works in our negative favor. So it's like, I think so. You're we're right. We're good for negative half a fight per event. And this, he is not the only fighter news in terms of, uh, Raph, goodbye to longtime fighter Rashad Evans as he announced mm. his retirement from MMA. And goodbye to Loyoto Machida, who I believe also retired. No. No, 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 he didn't retire. He Oh, Bellator. He, okay, yes. he didn't retire, but he's he's moved he's moved to that state. <laughs> Which by the way is a great thing to tell people cuz it sounds like you're retiring, so you tell people, I'd like to announce that I've had a fruitful career and uh I will be as effective today uh Bellatoring. That would be that would be a great thing to get started. Mhm. That's a just in any sense, Bellatoring. Rashad and Loyota kind of linked. Rashad's had some, we've had some great memories with Rashad. Helped uh, build the hype side. Looking forward to him training more fighters. Uh, in positive news, Raph, because actually at work they were training about the keep interview. You know how people do the exit interview? They were like, you mm-hmm. should start having keep interviews. Okay, I want to have a keep interview right now <laughs> with okay. uh, Donald Cerrone. Who tweeted out, I'm staying until the UFC says, nah, bro, we're good. <laughs> so that's always comforting to me. Like, you and I have worried because he will take any fight wherever. They're like, we have a bull that we signed. It's an actual literal bull. We need you to fight it. He'd be like, I mean, when? They're like, right now. We're filming it for Dana White's next bull contender series. <laughs> I just, I think it's good to highlight the Keep interview uh, here with mm. Donald Cerrone, who's going nowhere. There's some positive HR relations that you are bringing to this show, Kevin, and I endorse that. Uh, I saw the fight. Did you happen to catch any of it? No. Okay. Let me explain, just from my perspective, what happened. So Donald Cerrone comes out, uh, looks pretty game. He seems pretty fired up because um, his opponent had been talking a little bit of trash to him, and normally that doesn't get under his skin but for some reason, this one was, or at least that's the promo going into it. The fight goes. Obviously, Cerrone looks fun to start, comes out firing. However, takes a very early cut from, I believe, a knee uh, kind of right above the eyelid. Uh, and he starts bleeding profusely to the point where, dude, when he's bleeding and it's like that, uh, I think part of his a little bit of scar tissue from the many times he has volunteered his services at a drop of a hat, one might say, a cowboy hat. And, Kev, it was a little weird because he was connecting with some shots and at one point did the old veteran thing of grabbing the inside of his opponent's glove. Like it was a collar, or not a collar grip, but like a sleeve grip on a gi. Which made me think, has he been training a little bit more gi lately? That's uh, how it happens. All of a sudden he gets a, just a nice accidental lapel grab, and that's a easier triangle setup. And I'll tell you this right now. When he grabbed that uh, glove, he got a pretty good kick. And 
his opponent just kind of took it to the face, didn't miss a beat, just looked at the ref like that didn't hurt, but also look at him grabbing the glove. And it's kind of funny because you know how there's always a little ambiguous nature. Sometimes when you see the replay footage, you go, oh, I'm not sure if he did that. When they <laughs> played the replay footage, it was 100%, oh, he did that. Yeah, okay. And yet you weren't mad at him. And uh, to his credit, man, I mean, he, he went out there and survived it. I don't know if you read this part of the story, which was that he said he was really considering not fighting for the very first time. Wow. Which tells he you said, just how serious he wasn't feeling good. Yeah, he said that he had gotten to that point where he was about to call in sick, looked in the mirror and said, I'm not that guy. And then even though he's dropped to one and four in his most recent five fights, he said he was proud of himself and that he wouldn't change anything. He was actually really pleased that he was able to make it through uh, those rounds and, and push himself even when he, he thought he couldn't. And it wasn't the world's best performance, but he was in that fight at least. Um, I, I think they had a couple 48-47s uh, in that one. So, I mean, it's not like he was the worst overwhelmed. He just got beat. But, yeah, credit to him, man. He's a different beast. I know that sometimes I look at it and I go, ooh, I would call in sick. Yeah. And I'm not that guy. I also would love to be able to look myself in the mirror and talk myself out of it. That would be fantastic. Mm. So I'm like, I'm not that guy. And then it's like, uh, I'm not going to make it in today. I'm not feeling awesome. It's just a <laughs> smash cut immediately, which happens to be his guys. Just got skills. Absolutely. Tub little thing. I believe they call grit Raph. It mm. obviously skipped our, uh, weak generation. I'm just right into passed up on all of the millennials. You know what? Before we get to EBI 16, the language, mm. which you were at live coverage. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get the exclusive. We're going to get the Raf Esparza breakdown punch for punch. He was there ducking things and heel hooks and spinning out of them. Uh, watch out for the calf slicer early nominee for submission around one. Before we get to that Raf. I want to talk about something that saved me from a very embarrassing situation on my bicycle. Mm. NorthSouthJujitsu.com, people. You got to go. I had shorts that didn't have a drawstring on. Now, that's my bad. But truth be told, I wasn't expecting them to get a little stuck in the spokes of my bike. Nearly had a pantsing situation. Underwear comes right off. Just smooth cotton. That's not what I had. I had north-south. Built strong enough for jiu-jitsu will save you. And I think, frankly, as a driver went by, they were just impressed with the way it captured my hips, the stunning material, the absorbent nature. They were like, I got to get some of those. So to that person, northsouthjujitsu.com, as well to the rest of you. Big And credit to them because when asked who they had in the final four, their main response, our good friends at North South Jiu Jitsu, was, uh, "How about the person who wears our North South Jiu Jitsu underwear?" Nice. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> We're just gonna say them. That'll work. And frankly, who—that's all they should. I mean, just stick with uh, people that are smart enough to align themselves with greatness. Mm. Speaking of ref, we're mm. very—we're one of very few smart enough to only align ourselves with greatness everybody else like oh i'll take on a little mattress king a little extra not us we like things that have a track record we like things that are proven you might say nutritional beverages mixes for sustainability and enhancing performance look no further proven-nutrition.com i also heard pj give a little proven nutrition shout out he did I was just like, okay, hold on. I've proven nutrition. What are you sending him? Maybe the rest of us need to get on the PJ Batch Regiment because I don't know what it is, but I would like it. Here's a fun little side story. So I told uh, Richie, who is the wonderful gentleman behind Proven Nutrition, and I said, Richie, here's the deal. Um, You know, I was really hoping to go down there and train with y'all. It just wasn't going to happen this time, but I'll definitely be there. 
And I'm going to let you know, the minute I see you, I'm going to attack you. And Richie, without missing a beat, just goes, well, I better stretch then. And that was about as cool and casual as it comes. Now, here's where I was really impressed, Kev. He saw me first. And he went out of his way to attack me. Now, granted, his attempts were futile. But I was impressed with the fact that he, when presented with this challenge, followed through on it. And I was like, yo, not many sponsors would do that. I don't see other apparel and other, uh, you know, lifestyle sponsors going out and attacking their clients the minute they see them. And I was, I was a little impressed. Made me like look at our, our connection with them and said, you know, Kev, we made good choices here. A little bit of that grit we were talking mm-hmm. about before. 100% natural ingredients, purest form, and I still I love the biodegradable packaging. It's easy. It's mm-hmm. nice. ProvenNutrition.com. Kevin 10. Raph 10. And, and if, if you're... That's my... Raph, I tuned in, not live, because I was having some internet struggles due to the massive amounts of hail falling from the sky in Denver, Colorado, and uh, little power issues. Look, we're fine, and I got to turn on the wonderment that was female bantamweight division, EBI 16. You drove down to San Diego. Any problems as you got there uh, was like Keenan waiting out front to be like, Raph, what's up with this worm guard bullshit? And like anything big or because San Diego is a dangerous place to travel on your own. Yes, it is. There is an abundance of Mexican food joints that will keep you from being productive. (laughs) That's how dangerous that neighborhood is. Um, Here's what you should know. It is nice to go to these events because when you show up at an EBI, it's a well-oiled machine. Everybody knows what they're doing. I mean, kind of. Um, It just, it goes very, very smoothly. Having said that, you also know to expect a number of ridiculous things to happen and everybody just looking to have a good time. So when I showed up, uh, yeah, you've got your regulars there. You've got uh, Josh Hanger, at one point, not knowing exactly where coaches are supposed to sit, despite there being tape that shows you, hey, sit here. You literally sit here. And then he was complaining and he said, um, it needs to say Josh Hinger should sit here. And I go, listen, you are so extra right now. I don't think any of us can contain you, sir. Uh, and then two seconds later, he's like, Raph, how are you doing? You good, man? <laughs> I was like, I'm not done yelling at you yet. Then he hingertained him, and they yeah. had a guy, they had a laugh, and then they went about their day. I he was there coaching. Um, oh gosh, I'm gonna, I already went to do it, and I was well, like, he was there coaching Bianca. Yes, and he was also, I think, helping out with Nikki Sullivan. And if I could be so honest, man, if you really want to know some of the behind the scenes little little tidbits that you won't get anywhere else. When Hanger was in the process of trying to make fun of me, I couldn't help but like stare at his kneecaps because the man has like very giant kneecaps. And I was staring at them and I go, holy fuck, Hanger. Leave some fucking swole for the rest of us, you asshole. Why are you in such good shape? And he's just like, dog, I don't know, man. I'm just me. And then he proceeds to tell me, he goes, you want to know something sad? He goes, you think I'm bad? Lucas Hulk Barbosa is one of the few human beings who is capable of submitting me just with squeeze. No technique, just squeeze. And I was like, uh, I don't envy you, but still. What the fuck is wrong with your kneecap? So anyway, <laughs> he's a beast. Um, but it was, it was good catching up with him. But yeah, dude, there's a lot... To talk about just in terms of obviously the behind the scenes stuff is always fun, but let's get straight to these matches because you had a great idea and I want you to explain what you think we should be doing for this segment. Yeah, round by round, let's give out a submission of the round because round one is, uh, you know, the nice part about EBI when it works out this way and there's obviously tons of reasons it does or it doesn't. When there's a lot of finishes, it's, it's just keeps it a nice click it's just got a lot of good fun 
Uh, within the first round, we had a toe hold, we had a heel hook, we had a calf slicer, and we had an arm bar. Raph, talk me out of Sophia Nordino defeating Liz Tracy by calf slicer for submission of round one. I'm not sure I want to. However, um, I'll give a honorable mention in a second. But I really want to make sure that we give Sophia the credit due for the setup because the way that she set up that calf slicer was very solid because it's kind of one of those in transition moves where she just goes, Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm going to calf slice you. Yeah. Let's just finish that there. Also big runner up on this one as well. Uh, Biamski has started things off very nicely with a very confident arm bar for a split second, it looked like uh, Murray was about to get out, and Bia just goes, I'm sorry, you think you're going to what now? I am going to break your arm. So, that was fun. So, yeah, I'll, I'll concur on this one. Just this once, Kevin. Yeah, Bia, obviously, that was a nice arm bar. And it was an arm bar that I really wasn't sure if she was okay. Like, Miri had rolled out of it so much that it was like, Hoo! So, okay, this is where I have to fully admit, uh, even though I hear things, I can't prove anything, um, because as a true investigative reporter, Kevin, I'm there all eyes and ears, looking around, taking notes, uh, and I swore as I was taking photos, I heard somebody say, hey, do we have like a doctor or something around and they go, yeah, we do. And they go, yeah, because I think one of the fighters was saying her arm's kind of, like, not broken, but a little messed up. Early now, Kev, there's only been one match. So when you say one of the fighters, you mean the fighter that Bia just... looked fine. I think Bia was <laughs> fine. So... <laughs> in the most uh, process of elimination anybody's ever seen, you go, I'd like to solve the puzzle. <laughs> you don't want to buy Val? Nope. Ready to go. Ready to guess. Well, I do also want to highlight Lila's heel hook. Yes. Now, nice why, was hook. That, why was that uh, significant to you? I know why it was significant to me. Why was it significant to you? I, no, I'm not. I don't have like personal attachment. I love no, your... Well, the reason why, why do you want to put it in the annals of our greatest match <laughs> histories, Raph? With a, well, maybe I'll a make my argument right now. Thank you. Uh, the reason why, to me in particular, so Lila was one of the the people who made uh, the first female uh, headlined EBI very entertaining. But on this one in particular, she was in trouble for a bulk of that match, and it, things weren't looking good. I think a little bit later somebody had said you could see that even though she went up a weight class and she was uh, a last-minute replacement, she said that normally she does like a, a longer fight camp to prepare for this sort of a thing. That you could see that it was a little bit more difficult. Just You could see the weight difference and how it played a factor. But when she just hunkered down and put pure grit on there, she knows how to get a crowd excited to watch her compete. And, uh, man, the, that comeback into a heel hook was something to behold. Like it's way fun to watch live. So, uh, major props to her. I always just in the general vicinity, it was the one that I was the closest of like, who on the heel (laughs) hook, like at least the calf slicer was like, whatever, Joey House might have been watching this and might steal it and try and do it on me. Otherwise, I mean, it's not as painful as that. It's not. It's not as good. He's fine. I do want to. Okay, quarterfinals, Raph. This one to me gets again. I I hate to like immediately get into it, but I, I have to give it to Bia for the triangle choke. But we have one of the fastest quarterfinal rounds I can ever remember. Mm. Bia defeats Amanda Levy. Luana defeats Jess Feliciano heel hook. Bianca defeats uh, Nardino arm lock. Also a nice one, if I recall. She had to kind of pursue it. I just, it was the mounted triangles that always <gasps> angry. And Nikki Sullivan had the toe hold. 
Okay, I would like to go ahead and say a few words right now, Kevin. Yes. Okay, so I went with Alex Perez, who's a, a longtime homie of ours, okay? Now, things happen very fast here, and it's kind of weird because I'm looking at BJJ Heroes for the results. This is where I'm kind of making my mental notes on, oh, yeah, that's what happened. That's what happened there. There's something that I see here on their notes from BJJ Heroes that I would like put down for the record. Now, normally I wouldn't give this the time of day. However, Alex made sure that I was reprimanded for even suggesting the way Bianca Basile's finish looked to me. Now, Kev, it happened very quickly. Do, are, do you know what I'm talking about in the quarterfinals? Her her arm lock. Um, I think so. I I watched it. I don't have uh, intricate memory of it. Okay, it happened very quickly, and she was able to pull it off in a way that kind of surprised people. And I was trying to get oh, a good I photo do. of it. Actually, with the hand that it, no, that was the Nikki one. Never mind. I'm talking about the next well, round one. To me, it kind of it was hazy, and I, I first thought it was a wrist lock. Then when I saw it, I go, oh, is that a mirror lock? And he goes, uh, no, sir, it's not. And here's the reason why. And I told him, okay, I mean, I believe you. It just it happened so quickly. I thought, is that a mirror lock? On BJJHeroes.com, Bianca defeated Sophia by mirror arm lock. Maybe they meant to say by a mere arm lock, and they don't know how to spell it. No, that looks pretty specific. I'll give you by a mere arm. Yeah. As in merely. Hmm. I will <laughs> tell you this. by merely an arm lock in round <laughs> one. I was like, and I've never been uh, insulted for just stating what I thought happened because. It happened fast, and I looked at it, and I go, oh, maybe maybe it was a mirror arm lock. I mean, it's very rare, but it was a very uh, it was a very quick execution. It was fun. It was good. I was very proud of her for getting it because I said, yeah, you don't really see that happening a ton, but she took advantage of that. And, you know, if you're fighting this, everybody knows you are trying to get the least amount of time on those mats as possible. So for her to be able to execute that is – ideally what you want for a fighter which is get in get out they all did in that round in that round that was great bianca is she's very good she's very good and i thought nikki getting on lila was an impressive like again these are tough and mind you now this whole nikki versus lila sets up what is in my estimation a great trilogy because both of them uh, have finishes against each other at the EBIs, and both of them in very dominant fashions. So I'm just saying, if anybody wants to put that together, I wouldn't say no to it. Um, all right, semifinals. Combat, combat jiu-jitsu. No, semifinals first. I meant for their trilogy. This one, I, th- I excuse me. Here's where it's the mounted triangle. It was the just straight up triangle before, and I'm kind of a sucker for triangles, just as a massive. Uh, but once again, and this is where it gets tough to fight somebody like Bia Mosquita. Though I'm gonna not. I do want to give Bianca's armbar here as the one, but the mounted triangle was impressive. Bia Mosquita also could have like arm locked her i mean she was working on like four to six things so it was just mostly as i watched luana i was like good for you <laughs> that's great <laughs> i really impressed was that you your interpretation her. too because okay full disclosure had an interview with bia mosquita so look for that on our youtube page but i did pose this question to her which was more a statement than a question but i wanted to get a response to it which Somebody around me said, and I thought it was 100% true, when she got that mounted triangle on her and had all the time in the world, it looked like she was working kind of a Kimura and then just took a second to fix her hair. Like, if that's me, I'm deathly afraid that I'm going to lose it. So I'm trying everything in my wheelhouse to finish from there. She literally looked like she had the time of, "Eh, I'm just not going to do that one then. 
Mm, I'll start to do this now. No, I'll mess the arm. No, I'll just take the triangle. And at the end, in the interview, she admitted, she goes, oh, I'm not really known for my triangles. I was like, could have fooled me. Really? Okay. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. She she even set it up. She, one of them, she grabbed her heel while she was... It was just it, it, but she, she said, to, as a credit to herself, which I firmly believe in, she was saying that one of the big traits that she had on this one was really just believing in the move and having a good set of patience and that she was actually really happy with how patient she was because she's not normally known for that, at least in her own opinion. So, uh, I mean, I think that's what really started to set her apart yesterday was why she looked so dominant. You know, when we've seen this before with the Danaher Death Squad a lot where – Sometimes you get that feeling right as you watch them going to work. You go, yeah, they just seem miles ahead. Yes, constantly. And I I thought that's where she was. I thought she had a moment where she just goes, yeah, I'm going to win this. Yeah, she didn't didn't look terribly close. She does definitely win submission of the round in the uh, finals. Well, yes. OT, but still. Well, not just by any kind of OT, Kev. Did you happen to see exactly how long she took to get that armbar? Uh, no. Four seconds. Now, that's not a typo. That was Eddie coming around to make sure we all heard it and just going, Now, okay, how long was that? Four seconds, okay. And goes over to Bianca's crew and goes, She's only, okay, she's got four seconds to get out of this. And we all kind of look at Eddie like we get it. But in my heart of hearts, Kevin, I wanted to ask you this because I know how I felt. Um, If someone told you you had four seconds to get a submission, do you even try? No, I do not. I take a deep breath and I try and figure out what I'm going to say to ease the disappointment. (laughs) Because I just like the idea of me... I asked B about this too. I just said, was there any scenario in which you would have been submitted in four seconds? And I got the quickest. Nope. I think I've ever gotten in an interview before. Um, so yeah, dude, I mean, I, I mean, obviously you try, but I think when somebody tells me four seconds to get an arm bar, cause you're definitely not taking the back. There's really not going to happen there. But four seconds for an arm bar just means, you take one quick, just power trying to break the hole, and you're already done. Damn. I also I don't know how anyone does anything in four seconds. Like I was just trying to like say your name, uh, five, uh, Kevin. <laughs> that was three seconds. Just, it's like oh I, god, the, really? That's not great. <laughs> the joke I told people around me was I said I wouldn't even get the grip in four seconds. <laughs> it's not happening, mm-hmm. Raph. PJ Barch mm. defeats Michael Gonzalez by almost slapless Gamora. So fun part of that one. Uh, taking photos, I could see through the lens how he was setting it up. And I believe I, I have an interview with PJ, by the way. Um, I believe he referred to it as an ultra Kimura. Now, Kev, I don't dislike Kimuras, but I 100% dislike the concept of an ultra Kimura. Yeah. Powerbomb Kimura. I mean, think about it in this term. Kimura Deluxe. Uh, <laughs> with somebody with PJ's ability says it's an ultra Kimura, I think. Um, do I get to order what kind of Kimura I want? Because can I get like the diet ultra Kimura? So that I don't die as badly. Because that looked... The way he was able to follow up. And he had multiple options. And the thing that really broke my heart for Mike. Uh, was when he was trying to roll out of it. I think he rolled out of an armbar once. And I thought that was pretty bad uh, at that time. And he was trying to roll out of the Kimura. But then got stuck on his head. Where he was in this kind of inverted... Uh, angle where he couldn't move and I just thought oh that's a bummer no no dude don't get stuck there and anywhere but there his body like his legs were trying to go forward 
But the rest of him just said, nah, dog, you're stuck here. Just tap. This is where we are. And stop me if you've heard this one. Mm. Richie Martinez defeated someone by Darce Choke. Not just anybody uh, defeated uh, Bobby Emmons. And I like that on BGJ Heroes. Maybe the beer omelette might be inaccurate if it's got this sort of uh, spell check to it. But this is Bobby Evans, as in John Evans, uh, was named Bobby Emmons, E-M-M-O-N-S. So, of all people, Kev, Bobby and Richie have already met on the combat stage. That's how Boogie won his title. And uh, this is, I guess, I mean, I had an interview with Richie, too. So, you know, here's what we know now. Wagner Rocha was supposed to be his opponent, and that would have been a hot fire match. We know how Wagner is. We know how Boogie uh, is as a competitor. It would have been a fantastic match. Now this brings up a really good conversation for um, debate, one might say, which is this. So Wagner, you know the reason why he didn't show up? Uh, He was still in overtime of the last tournament he was at winning. Still in a body triangle. Uh, No, Wagner said in a post today that, yes, he was supposed to be in that match, but he turned it down for the following reason. He was asking for to show money because there was a possibility he would go, and if he won in overtime, he would make zero dollars. And he just said, you know, I've won. I feel like, especially for combat jiu-jitsu, it's a little bit extra. It's not quite like the tournament. And, you know, I think I'm I'm ready to kind of get paid for what I do. And uh, I guess that was the difference in opinion. So that's why he didn't show up. And I, I had heard rumblings about this. And I had asked uh, Richie in it. And... You know, Richie didn't sell him out. He just kind of said, hey, things didn't happen on that match. But for Wagner to come out today and be like, oh, yeah, the reason why it didn't happen is because y'all didn't pay me. Um, I think it's starting to put EBI in a spotlight that we have often put IBJJF, at least in this conversation. I'm not saying uh, clearly they get paid. Um, And it's not like Morris where we'll pay you this time next week. No, I mean, they get paid. It's just if Bia had submitted zero people, she could have walked out with zero dollars, even if she had won in overtimes. So there's a real kind of sad part of that thing, and especially if you're going to be a featured match. So, yeah, that was the big news that just happened uh, right as we were coming to air. You do have to imagine this is going to be a problem moving forward with some of these matches, right? Obviously, they're going to be... The problem is, regardless the Bravo situation, they're getting theirs. And it certainly was interesting at first and still has a Gary Tone-like quality, but this is going to happen. Now, what's confusing to me is, okay, when were you guys together and when were you apart on all this? And why would there? Why was there confusion? Either you were going to take the fucking match for money to show and they weren't going to pay you and you weren't going to take it. Like, that, to me, seems... Super funny to be like, yeah, let's get a fight going. Hold on. <laughs> Maybe. Are you going to fundamentally restructure the way you pay people? No. Well, <laughs> then it seems like uh, this was uh, something we could have seen coming. Wasn't it, Wagner? <laughs> That's my She, and, and I don't necessarily think you're wrong. I feel, in this perspective, though, that... It's tough because EBI has been the one that's been paying and in many regards has been the event that has curbed some of the other events into coming along with some momentum. There's It's a large part in the sub-bowling movement as well. But it's put pressure on Guy and IBJJF events to kind of pony up some money. And, and you've seen some slight inroads there. However, the concept of having these athletes show up and not get show money is a very real conversation. Now, does that mean that EBI has money to spare? No. 
I think right now we're all in a space where we should be supporting it because, listen, dog, when they get that fucking ESPN deal next year, none of us know what's happening with Fight Pass. We don't know what that's going to become, how much Dane is going to spend time on it. There's a lot of uncertainty. And keep in mind, the more successful Fight Pass is as its own entity, the broader our sport gets, at least in theory. But that's the hope, is that we can give it exposure and hope that people come along for the ride. If they're not coming along for the ride and they're going to switch to the $5 a month and not keep their fight pass, um, that might significantly mean that EBI and Polaris uh, will be in uh, not danger necessarily, but they're going to need those bigger draws and they might not have the finance to uh, back them on that so in a year more to come on the state of ebi and you know just right now the one thing we know about grappling is the landscape's going to change in six months about you can even sense some staleness right now with uneasiness between fight to win and abj or abc who ever keeps buying everybody that apparently doesn't let them fight those guys mm-hmm. uh that stuff will be and it's gonna be an interesting few years that didn't work so great for metamorris when they tried it and i no. but you know this obviously these people might have money so we'll <laughs> we'll all take a deep breath and uh look forward to what ebi is pumping out next is it what's next for them do you did you catch that and who all did you interview <laughs> uh so the three interviews we got were uh bia we got richie and we got pj um, there's also an interview that I told Kevin about. Um, they had a massage chair for the athletes, and I saw a bum, and not like a real bum, but like a jiu-jitsu bum, if you would, somebody who knows better, go up and ask if he could get a massage. And uh, I was like, you know what? My back's kind of sucky. I wouldn't mind uh, seeing if they get a massage. And I offered, I said, hey, would you like to you know, do an exchange? I'll do an interview with you if you don't mind give a massage and they go oh you know what we're closed sorry dude i go okay cool i was just gonna offer to do an interview no big deal and they're like wait wait did you say interview yeah we're still open for a while and i was like oh okay that's fine and i gotta tell you if they didn't give me a little bit of an adjustment even comedically uh the two-hour trip home would have been atrocious because after doing photos uh, for about three hours straight, and there was no area for me to do photos. Mind you, the San Diego Performing Arts Center is not a giant space, so I've been there to do Ultimate Matt Warriors. Keep in mind, there was even less space there because they added more chairs and the mats are bigger. They brought the official EBI mats for that. So space was scarce, which then prompted me to try and find every which angle I could to get uh, at least a couple decent shots. So, uh, our good friends at Alexa Care though hooked it up. It's good stuff. So I got an interview with them as well. Uh, you were asking what comes next, and I'm excited about this because I thought I had heard rumor they were going to stay down in San Diego. Not the case, Kev. Guess where they're coming back to? The Orpheum. Now I wish, um, but they are actually for this particular one coming back to Burbank. From Muscle Farm headquarters. Ooh, that'll and, be uh, I think that'll be a great event. And it's going to be the middleweights, Kev. Now, I don't know if you saw the particular thing they have for the middleweights on this one. No. Uh, they're going to dangle them above a shark tank? What's? I mean, essentially, it's going to be combat. Okay. But it's a 16-man combat as opposed to combat worlds, which is its own thing, I guess. Uh, combat 185 full 16 man bracket. Damn. Okay. That's going to be a lot of people. Yeah. Slapping. I mean, it, it's going to be, a I lot always of get nervous. A lot of upkicks. I don't like it at the end. You know what I mean? Like at the, uh, <laughs> the part where it always sounds good until your third slap match. It's like, ugh, how'd the first two go? Well, you can see from his well, face. Great. Don't get me wrong. I gave uh, PJs a lot of shit for having zero significant strikes thrown. 
And uh, I actually had him count the number of strikes he made in the match. And then he just looked at me and then looked at his hand and goes, zero. And I go, that's correct. (laughs) And it's kind of weird to kind of put PJ on blast like that because uh, everything's always gone so well. Well, he's also good. If you, you you see a photo of me and him together, you just kind of go, man, PJ's in such great shape. He's in shape for the both of us. He's got it covered. Yeah. No, I mean, if you're going on an average, you're like, "Mm, all right, that's a little bit more in shape just because he's standing next to PJ, but all right, good for everybody. Uh, yeah, dude, I don't know, man. I, I guess the weird part about this was this uh, credit to Bobby for stepping up for Richie uh, for the title because the whole Wagner situation and it was the exact same result. But Bobby had a much better showing this time was very much in control. Uh, you know, it's one of those things where Boogie's a tough guy. And we, once he gets those long arms around him, it, it's a hard thing to stop that Dars. But it did prompt one discussion that I really feel uh, needs to be brought up, which is there was nobody else but Bobby who could have taken that match. And does that not show kind of a weird place for combat jiu-jitsu is right now? Because you couldn't find anybody else who'd be interested to take that match. Fighting Boogie at EBI like nobody? Okay. Nope. Nope. Nobody at 170. So on the uh, promotional advertisement, they had a little thing that said, tag your favorite fighters and no lie, Kev. If I knew you were close to 185 right now, I would have put you down. Now, I'm not <laughs> saying we would have followed through. I just would have liked to have seen what the process would have looked like. Would have been nice to get my shirt on, the uh, verbal tap, and then <laughs> get out there and just get cranked by Boogie four times. Like, <laughs> Take my heel. <laughs> take it. <laughs> and, you know, it's... Um, It'll be fun. So I'm, I'm excited for them to come back to Burbank. Um, that always promises to be a good time. So uh, if you guys are coming up here, obviously get in touch with us. It's going to be September 17th, I believe. So, uh, you know, go tag a friend and tag them using EBI official. They might when get you to tag compete. Eddie Bravo. It gets a little a little weird. He's already got a lot of people tagging him on conspiracy theories, memes. I don't know that he has the time to go through all of them. But I know EBI official definitely uh, keeps the tabs on who they are submitting for that. Kev, can you off the top of your head think of anybody at 185 who's a good jiu-jitsu practitioner who'd make for a good combat match? Not signed to ACB? Is that a prerequisite? Because <laughs> might be yeah. fifty. But this is where I look to the Atos side of things, and it's like there's nobody. I'm assuming like the uh, Nick Shrocks of the world don't want to do much combat jujitsu. I might have to look. Where's uh? Yeah, it's a little big for Johnny Combs. No, no, he, he can. You know, Johnny could be there. I think Johnny likes to cut down to one, one seventy. Uh, How much is Calistide I mean, way? Just go figure it out. Where's the uh, Hayden Bros? <laughs> you know, Where's I can't get any matches, so I'm going to go up nine weight classes. <laughs> Thanks, Johnny. Good work. Uh, listen, idea. the I mean? weirdest part for me on this one is there are a couple names I knew that were interested in it at just a regular tournament. But when I saw its combat, I said, interesting. That's going to be... You know, that's going to be an interesting thing to see who steps up for for that because it's intense. And I'll give you a little bit of a hint, Kev. A lot of people now are starting to realize that Bia Mesquita is somebody who has excelled at both gi and no gi. I asked her, what else is there for you to win? And without missing a beat, she goes, I don't know, combat jiu-jitsu. I mean, maybe. And I looked at her and I said, you're a crazy human being. You not only do gi, no gi, now you're saying give me that too? And she goes, yeah, I got no problem. Let's do that. And I said, well, no, don't do that at me. I'm terrified of you. But <laughs> yes, you doing that in general, man, she's game for that. So I think whoever that is at 185, I know they exist. It's just who are they? Yeah, 
Could it be you? Turn to the audience. Stare. Could it be anyone? That we need this, except uh, the same way we can order food on Postmates. We need like grapplers. I'm just working on an app or something. Sure. One eighty-five pound black belts that are not afraid to tell people. Uh, there's the list, <laughs> and I'm excited to see the interviews. Especially, I get to see a short clip of the PJ. It sounds like there's going to be some friend cameos, so some people should uh, pay attention to that as it comes out. You can find all of this at Verbal Tap Cast on any of the channels: the YouTube's, the Facebooks, the Instagrams, the Twitters. It's everywhere. Raph, final. D- good to see anyone. I mean, did was this like the same group that's in L.A. or was there a special San Diego side of EBI that we don't ever see? It essentially is a greatest hits of people we see all the time. So I was hoping it was like a turf war and all of a sudden there's this new 10th planet we've never heard of. that's like, we don't let the freaks down here. We keep them out. It's like what? Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe it's because I just got on Black Panthers. It's like we're that the mountain tribe. I just want like a, a random San Diego tribe that comes from the ocean. It's yeah, like no, here. I like that one. I um, I I don't know if they've gotten to the point where they have the tenth planet jets and sharks, but I'm sure that's what they're angling toward. Jets and sharks. I'm. Already, I'm gonna start spreading those rumors. I gotta open up a Reddit that's like huge rift in the tenth planet community. <laughs> Thinking about calling themselves fifth planet. That's how serious it is. That's gonna be the. To title. be fair, though, that uh, Keith Kikorian is on record as being the first uh, person who's the hybrid. They have the Monster Squad and Freaks, and he is the first Freak Monster or a Monster so, Freak. Ayo. I, hey, listen, I don't want to I want to put words in people's mouths here, but I'll tell you this much. If there were to be a real, you know, uh, Romeo Juliet sort of a thing, Keith is your guy to go ahead and make a great story off of. So have him be the person who's just like, oh, come on, guys, let's just go for ice cream. Oh, I'm looking forward to that call out. So that should be good. Ref. We're keeping it short this week. You interviewed everyone. Go check it out. Be as I genuinely terrifies me. Um, I, you, according to my Fitbit, I didn't sleep so well after watching EBI late. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> There's a lot of, a lot of fear that my leg is next. This is gonna do it for us tonight here at Verbal Tap Synth, which means it's time for some shout outs, Raph. Uh, the Jibera Club is doing more promotions and more killer creating in this coming week. Missed them on the daily. You even made a crack about training. I'm still two months away. That's uh, August is our target, like mid-August, which is when uh, I'm trying to get back. In the meantime, always good to see the back and forth of uh, people, you know, moving on, moving up. Jibera, it's not. They just keep training. One of our black belts just went on like a global tour, mostly just the East Coast. But whatever. It was a lot of. I think there was a Canadian gym in there. Too many training things to keep up with. And even amongst our own rap, you seem to continue getting more dangerous from from what I'm hearing, and I just don't like it. So this is not a shout out so much as a shout down. Everyone needs to pause on the progress. What a time to eat more barbecue. Uh, go have that fast food you're thinking about. And just rest up and chill. Let's all just keep it chill for another shout out you've ever done. Few like, months. I have I felt at least personally attacked three times. At no point. At no point did I when you what did you refer to it as? You said Raph, you took a few pot shots at me. No, I said you talked. You said earlier you were like, "Hey, I've got something I want to show you." From just like, great, can't wait. I'll see everybody in two months when no, I'm out of breath and unable to get through the warm ups, let alone worried about heel hooks. <laughs> yeah. To be very fair, I want to make sure this was written because it's not really fun to talk shit to you right now. It like it's supposed to be, 
but when you can't train, it's not like I derive any kind of enjoyment from it. It's actually really kind of annoying to be like, well, you can't train, so it sucks. So I'm being super positive, and I would like to point out that my positivity is something that we have to work on on this show because Kevin is normally supposed to fill the role of, hey, I don't know, here's some positive notes. Yeah, yay. So when I have to take on that role, it's, it's a process. We work through it together. And when I said that, I was like, oh, hey, there's some stuff that we've been working on that I like, think you would like, legitimately like. I can't wait to show you. This is the thanks I get? Uh, I can't wait either. I'm headed to New Orleans in November. I should send Vicky a text. It's like, check out this restaurant. We should go eat at. Uh, it's three months from now, but like, I'm building. Jeez. I see it. I get it. It's like that. I'm just saying, Kevin, have a, have a good vision board and put that there. And know that, yeah, at some point, I will want to be the one that breaks part of your leg. But I'm going to feel really bad about that. And I'm going to work through that then. In shape vision board. Uh, Is this your shout out? Because this feels also like a shout down. If if you're using the term. You shout down. You shout down. Shouted down. We'll work on that. You you blocked my thing to be positive and you turned it into a thing. A bit. I said and, what I said. You know, what's that? I said what I said. No, I don't know. Go on. I was just doing a high pitched defense. <laughs> I just, it's going to, I will out Jerry Seinfeld you right now. It's what you said. You said the said. The thing you said. Come on. Um, no, I, I, I'm excited for you to come back and I am acclimating things to my game that I think are like, every time somebody shows me something, I just go, oh, that's a Kevin thing. Oh, fuck, he's going to love that. And so I just happen to know the things that you enjoy, and I want you to be good at them. That's all. That's lovely. Uh, would you like to offer some shout-outs? Now that you yeah, sure, I guess. <laughs> I, I didn't take yours. I just, no, I now that you've a, taken I said that you took a positive spin. Someone, I think uh, the audience will notice who's in the defensive posture. Someone came out just loose and relaxed. Someone else came out. Loose and relaxed. There was no loose and relaxed to you, you ever someone, so eloquently just saying, "Hey, Raph, um, he's been doing massage. this to me." <laughs> that con artist their way into a massage. You're awfully uptight. I didn't That's con artist. I was sincerely curious about their product. <laughs> it happened to be a product where they massage you. That's just. That's where my curious. Listen, I might have gone to middle school with the person who gave me the massage there, so take that. Oh, that's fun. We did that process where she was like, oh, it's from La Habra. And I was like, dope, I'm from Austin Heights. She goes, wait, where'd you go to school? And I go, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Here we are. Here we are. All right. Well, good to know. All right, so there's that side. Were you done with your – was that your shout-out? I couldn't tell. It was a shout-down to a shout-out. Okay. So, everybody, let's start here. Um, I want to give a big shout-out to the Los Angeles Jiu-Jitsu Club. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8 a.m., Tuesday, Thursdays, this week, 11.30 a.m., in Dach Gi. So... What? Mm-hmm. Don't forget, Kev. There is a thing called Masters Worlds coming up, and we've got some guys who are getting excited to go and compete at that. So um, if you are an orphan who is looking to get uh, ready for the, you know, the season for that competition, hit us up. We'll be putting together folks to get ready for it. So there's that. Uh, Big shout out over to Fire Grub Meal Prep. Uh, our good friend Pablito putting together great meals. I'm seeing a lot more people starting to eat them. If you guys have not followed them, do that now. Get on that train. Uh, I also want to give a shout out to Valley Martial Arts Center. Be-mo. There's going to be some new hours, guys. So I'll go over that a little bit later. But um, they're going to be switching some things around. So I think on Thursdays, we used to have a class that started at 9.15. No longer. Now starting at 8 p.m. So that means you can train kind of like a normal person, which is hard for me because I'm a little part vampire. So 
I actually roll better when it gets like later into the night. So we'll see how that works for me. And uh, big shout out to everybody uh, who made this trip possible for San Diego. Obviously, our homie Alex Perez, who's always fun to do these with. I've done about three or four different EBIs with him over the years, and uh, it was just really fun to to cover that. Uh, thanks to Blanca. Our thanks to all the great people over at the EBIs for making things super easy and fun to do. And again, thanks to Richie and PJ and Bia for some great interviews. Um, Kev, I know that you said you're terrified of her, but let me tell you something. I think you will actually love Bia. You won't be terrified of her. You're going to think, wow, she's the nicest. She needs to do some image restoration after what I saw. She needs to show the nice side because all I saw was a uh, violent tapper. Well, as she very nicely uh, responded to one of my questions where I said, you kind of are somebody who's super nice in between rounds, but you know how when people say they become a savage? No, you are legitimately savage. She goes, I get that a lot. And I go, I wonder why. So yeah, that's going to do it for me. That'll do it for us here tonight at Verbal Tap Up. Kevin, thank you for listening. Good night and good night. The number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Please note, the new number is...